Flex with Lex, where we change the ho- <laughs> where we change the way we talk about money. I was literally going to say where we change the host, um, but it's my podcast, so we don't do that. Happy Tuesday! I hope everyone's having a great day so far. Um, I literally always open my podcast with that, but I truly hope that you guys are having a really good day life's too short to be having a bad one so if you're listening to this and if you're in a mood take some deep breaths and just know that tomorrow will be a better day (laughs) all right so I honestly just want to jump right into this week's episode I'm trying to think really quickly if there is any major life update there is not so um let's just get into it Before we jump into today's episode, just a few housekeeping rules. So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you haven't left a five-star rating and review, not quite sure what you're doing, but please do it. Um, If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to spread the word. Um, Really, like I said before, trying to grow this um, show. So every share counts. And um, also my views and opinions that are reflected in this podcast um, are not mine of my company and also I am literally just a gal who's into personal finance. I'm not a expert and none of the advice on this show should be taken as such. Um, so just keep that in mind before you take my word as bond. Is that a phrase? Hmm, not sure. So On Sunday, I was putting some dishes up and the TV downstairs in the living room happened to be on and it was 60 minutes and they were talking about millennials and homeownership and rent increase. Immediately, my ears perked up when I was hearing those little keywords. So I watched a little bit before I had to go back upstairs and finish doing what I was doing. However, I went back and watched the entire segment on YouTube and y'all I did not realize that the price of rent has increased across the country by like 15 percent there are some cities where rent has increased by like 30 or 40 percent and there's only one state where rent has actually been recorded to like decrease by like less than one percent but majority of cities across the country have increase their rent especially in areas called the Sun Belt so areas like Atlanta Tampa Charlotte Phoenix Houston areas where um, the climate is warmer so basically areas in the south Um, so on the segment they were discussing that well they were interviewing a millennial couple um, and then they were interviewing um, a few like real estate rental professionals and um one of the, um, I guess, professionals on the show stated that back in 2008, during the housing crisis, construction literally stopped, which you know kind of makes sense. People are literally um, getting evicted from their homes or losing their homes. So it's like, why would you build more? So home, the home construction industry never really bounced back. And so as of today, we're about like 4 million houses short than what we would normally have because that period of time that was like where um how do I say this like the least amount of homes were built in that time period than any other decade before so obviously with 
a shortage of supply and an increase in demand, you're going to start to see those inflated um inflated you know rents across the country because people are looking for places and there's not that many available and so people are willing to pay top dollar to either you know move into a space and for example one that comes to mind is you know during the pandemic a lot of people who were living in New York like super crowded super tight spaces were like yeah if if I'm gonna be working remote like I'm gonna take my talents down to South Beach literally or like huh Houston I've always wanted to work uh, live there so like why not test it out you know so these people who are used to paying like super super crazy rent prices when they see like $1,600 for a bedroom that's 900 uh, not a bedroom but an apartment for that's like 900 square feet they're like this is literally amazing and they snag it so that's one of the reasons why rent has skyrocketed but another piece of the episode that really intrigued me was this small sector of investors who are really impacting the housing market in a big way so on the um on the episode there was a company called tricon and they are basically like a home rental uh company they purchase tons of properties like i believe they purchase about 800 homes a month to then turn around and rent it out to people and so um Wall Street is investing in those companies because, or is it Wall Street investing in those companies? I might, hmm, I may have to double check, but uh, actually, no, yes, Wall Street is investing in those companies because they're publicly traded companies. Like, you know, they're on the, you know, New York Stock Exchange and different, you know, stock exchanges internationally. And um, so uh, Wall Street's kind of feeding into this. Um, rise in rent increases so there's this one company called tricon um which is like a home rental company and so they'll come into the market purchase starter homes right now they have about thirty thousand homes with seventy five thousand people living in those homes and so once they purchase these homes they hike up the rent obviously to make a profit and because like i said earlier demand is so great people are willing to you know pay 2100 a month for a three-bedroom two-bath which you know which probably was like 1200 with a mortgage you get what I mean so um they do make up only two percent of the share in the market um what makes up a majority of um I guess home renters are like smaller quote-unquote mom-and-pop landlords um but what tripped me out was that Tricon literally like the CEO of the company was like yeah, we're just renting people the American dream because millennials, they don't really have the desire to own a home. Um, What they care more about is lifestyle. And I was literally like, wait, what? And I know, you know, as a millennial, um, on the younger side of things, I know I just turned 28, but, you know, there are some millennials out there who are 40. So as a young millennial, I literally just had to like chuckle to myself because I'm like who before I say this if you don't want to own a home totally fine like personal finance when it comes to your money it's literally just that personal however for me John and I we are trying to work towards saving a home and we realize that 
being able to purchase a home is one of the ways we will be able to kind of amass wealth quicker. And I've seen the benefits of owning a home with friends of mine who have purchased homes and who have sold homes, um, you know, sold their first, first homes and moved into, you know, other other places and I just see the benefit of that and as someone who's a young black person living in America like building wealth is you know very important to me is it my end-all be-all no but I want to be able to generate wealth because I understand the importance of having generational wealth and being able to pass things down to our children if we have them one day or you know being able to pass that on to other people in my family um, and kind of give them that leg up that I've seen um, happen for other people. Um, and it's really funny because on Twitter the other day, I'll probably post a screenshot of the tweet on my uh, on the Financial Flex Instagram account. So if you're not following, be sure to follow. Um, but this woman, oh man, now I wish I knew her name. Ugh. Okay, well, she had tweeted that like, when she was in her cohort, it took her such a long time to realize that a lot of her, a lot of the people in her cohorts, they were able to purchase a home because they had help from their parents. And I was like, it is. And I quote retweeted that. And I was just like, it's a, such a blessing to have parents or have relatives who are able to like lend you the money to purchase your house. Because right now, John and I are in this situation where it's going on two years from um, living in August, it'll be two years um, since we moved back in with my in-laws um, to kind of pay off debt and, you know, get our money situation together. Uh, and after paying debt, I think like everything kind of moved a little bit slower because we had the holidays. We had issues with our car that we had to pay for. Um, I recently like got a new job. So it's like money isn't just like, you know, coming out the wazoo for us. And we realized that in our, um, how do I say this? So we've started looking at condos in, in the Atlanta area because it's too expensive to afford a standalone home in the city, but we can probably make do with a condo. And, you know, right now for just us two, a condo is totally fine or maybe even a town home. But so there were these sets of condos that, you know, we were looking at. John was really like obsessed with him. And I'm if, I'm sure if he's listening to this episode, he'll be like, no, I'm not. But he's obsessed. Um, and there was one that was on that, you know, was on the market. And we thought that we would be able to purchase it with, you know, the little bit of money that we had saved up. We were basically trying to pay the absolute bare minimum to get this place. And then after we contacted our mortgage lenders and they sent us back like paperwork, giving us like the estimated closing costs, estimated cost of what our monthly payments would be. We were like, uh, we need like another $5,000 to even be anywhere near um, near the down payment. And then not to mention, we probably need like another five for miscellaneous costs and stuff. And I think that experience really showed us just like how important it is or how much of a blessing it really is to have parents or family members who can help you, someone that you can call and be like, hey, like you've got 10K laying around, like <laughs> want to help us get our first home. Um, and so even though it, it, it's annoying and a little discouraging at points, um, I know that in the end, when we're on the other side of it, we'll be so proud and so happy that we are trying to say that we saved up, you know, enough 
for a house and to feel comfortable because our first thought process was let's just save as little as possible let's just save the bare minimum so we can get out quicker but then we realized that a bunch of costs that we would be foregoing in the front end would just end up in the back end and we would literally be house poor living paycheck to paycheck trying to pay our mortgage whereas I mean there's really no rush to leave my in-laws outside of us just being impatient and wanting to be in our own space um but if we just put our heads down and get busy saving kind of go back into that student loan mindset which I'm not too thrilled about going back into but if I've done it before I can do it again um we realized okay we could probably save 25 to 30k um for a house and lower our monthly monthly um rent costs and not be house poor if we just try to save up as much as we can instead of doing the bare minimum so that is my those are my thoughts on you know home ownership and just like increasing in rent I do think that rent increasing is bizarre John and I checked our old apartment where we used to live we paid $1,400 when we lived there about like basically almost two years ago and rent has gone up to I think like $1,600 and I'm like for what like I'm sure they didn't do any updates to that place so yeah crazy crazy times All right, moving along, this was something that I found very interesting because I haven't really seen anyone talk about this, so I kind of feel like I got the exclusive, even though it's not exclusive. Um, So buy now, pay later um, companies will now be added to your credit score. So back in December, Equifax announced that buy now, pay later plans will be added to credit scores. So if you're like, what are buy now pay later plans it's like Klarna Afterpay Affirm um basically like point of sale uh point of sale companies allow you to break up your purchases and you know four or six you know easy installment or yeah installments and have you pay over a short a short period of time so the positives with that it provides people with little to no credit and opportunity to build credit. So if you pay on time, you'll be able to increase your credit score, which is a good thing because as we all know, here in the US, like credit is king. I know cash is king too, but you know, credit is fighting for the number one spot in my mind <laughs> because you know there's a lot that rides on your credit score the ability to purchase a home some people can't even get jobs certain jobs if your credit score is jacked up like things like that so that is one of the positives that it provides but the negative if you're someone who's always shopping and you like to use those um point of service software point of service plans to purchase your items um but you have trouble paying it back, then that's what becomes a negative because um, if you don't pay on time, obviously it can impact your score. And you. And so one thing that I'm pretty curious to see also is just how they handle um, the length of time portion in regards to your credit score because with buy now, pay later plans, like unlike a car loan, which spans several years, um, Klarna affirm it's just a couple of weeks um, so it'll be interesting to see how they're able to like report that but I just want to let you guys know that you know Klarna affirm afterpay these now will be reported on your credit score so if you're someone who's kind of 
free willy with these things. It's just something to think about. Definitely not condemning them because sometimes honestly like i'll use like my credit card because i like to get points like if i if i'm trying to purchase something um and so i've i've never personally used a buy now pay later plan but i know people who have and you know if it works for them great okay so now we're moving on to our final topic of this episode and i'm sure y'all have heard about this um if not then this is useful information, but um, so medical debt will be wiped from credit reports and this will start this summer. And I thought this was just amazing because the fact that medical debt is record reported on your credit, like is reported to credit bureaus and having that affect your score is just kind of like a sucky feeling, especially sometimes I feel like hospitals and things like that can just be so chaotic and you get, sometimes you don't even see what you're owed until literally like a year later or months later. Like for example, last year, January, John and I got COVID tests. They were advertised as free tests. And um, like a couple weeks later, I'm going through our, um, you know, what's it called? Like our insurance portal, just checking because I, I go to the doctor um, every three months. So I was, you know, checking to see if I had paid all my co-pays and all that stuff. And I see this charge for like 300 bucks. And I'm like, excuse me? And the free COVID testing spot basically charged us for getting a COVID test there. And I'm like, I'm literally not paying this because you guys advertise this for free. And when I'm asking you what exactly we were charged for, like it literally says miscellaneous items like no. So that's what I mean. Like medical debt, you may not even know you have it until you check. And if unlike unless you're someone like me who's just like crazy and, you know, checks those things kind of regularly, you won't know. So, um, yeah, so like I said, this, um, this will start taking place during this summer, um, where the medical debt will be wiped from the credit reports. However, I do just want to state that like, it's going to be debt that was sent to collectors and that have been paid off. So it's not like debt that, um, has been sent to collectors and you never paid off. Like those aren't going anywhere. It's debts that have been paid off because typically that can stay on your account for about seven years. Um, but now that that won't happen and they're also changing that to be like um, it'll take a year before unpaid debt appears on your account. So like they're kind of giving you some time because I think before or currently it's six months before um, it appears on your account. And then also they're going to stop including medical debt that's less than $500 uh, into that whole like reporting, which is amazing. So, yeah, um, so those are like the three main things that's going on in finance. That I feel like you guys needed to know or just like hear about. Uh, there is an honorable mention with interest hikes. Um, the interest has gone up for the first time in a long time, and that affects literally everything. Um, so cool. It's just a what's always a wonderful time it's not always a wonderful time to be alive I would not have wanted to be alive in the 1800s absolutely not so 2022 we have it's a good time to be alive in 2022 right now despite all this craziness that's going on in the world can literally feel so chaotic like I was literally getting anxious about this whole uh, Russia Ukraine thing uh because I'm like oh my goodness like what if there's like it's just 
but that is all I have for today honestly guys I love podcasting like it's almost like going to the gym to me sometimes like having to sit down and plan out the episodes can be a little eh for me depending on how I'm feeling I always get excited when I have guests on um but just doing these solo episodes I'm a little like what do I talk about but you know I'm getting out of that rut but basically like once I start recording I'm like oh my gosh I love this literally so much so thank you guys for listening um and I'll talk to you guys later